From the front line. It's not going to work, man. From the tailgates. Representing KGYR and its stakeholders. We are the Forum for the Fan. The Bleed Blue Show. Flying solo. Here's your host, Steve. There we are back. Uh, the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud here on the Bleed Blue Show. Um, normally on a night off where we don't discuss our team, or I, I, let me put it this way. Normally when we don't have a game, we usually are 100% in with our team. But because we were on a hiatus, we were on a Thanksgiving Turkey Day break, this whole episode is probably 98, 99% Rangers. We're going to cover it. And I, I think I'll probably get to the other teams on the Bleed Blue Show Facebook page. I'll do some short videos and stuff like that on teams out west, things of that nature. But we need a forum, man. We need to discuss because it is a lot of wrong right now with the blue shirts. The Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud. I was on Forever Blue Shirts about two hours ago reading RP's latest piece on Igor Shesterkin. We'll talk about that. It is a lot of it's a lot of things going on. And me, I think that, I mean there's a lot of way you could place blame. Number one is definitely defense for me. But I would love to hear from Ranger Proud. Get uh, we get Glenn on here. We got Carl with us. The Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud. Uh, Forever Blue Shirts, uh, Empire Sports Media, RP, what's up, man? Welcome back, man. How you doing, sir? You there? Okay. Scott, is that you? Scott, shout out to Scott. Scott, is that you? Yep, yep, I am here. All right. All right. What's up, Scott? How you doing, man? We're, we're going to just a roll call real quick. We'll get everybody on. How you doing, man? Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I counted and uh, pissed off as uh, as everyone. So uh, moving on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At first, I thought that that game you went to the Columbus game on that Sunday was a fluke, flukish loss. Man, I think this is a trend at this point. We'll, we'll talk though. We'll talk. <laughs> We're gonna get through all that. Let's get to Carl. Carl, what's up, man? How you doing? Long time no speak, man. How's everything? Love to get your hockey thoughts. Hey, good evening, gentlemen. It has been a long time. I think the last time I talked to you guys was after opening night, and I wanted to let the season sort of marinate. And now that we're at the quarter pole of the season, it's time for a check-in. And let's just say things are mm, a little here and there right now. All right. Welcome back, Carl. It's good to hear from you. Shout out to Carl. And Glenn, what's up, Glenn? Look forward to talking with you, man. Long time, Ranger fan, veteran. What's up, sir? Steve, uh, we go away for two weeks, and this team sure gives us a lot to talk about, doesn't it? Um, oh, they do. I, I, know we're, I, I know we're a month after Halloween, but this Jekyll and Hyde outfit that uh, wears Ranger uniforms right now is uh, re- really hard to understand. Um, and, uh, you know, it sounds like you've already set the stage for us to talk about a lot of that. Um, I'm really happy, uh, especially that Carl is on with us tonight because uh, he usually gives some very uh, measured and uh, well-thought-out observations about the team that, that some of us more emotional uh, Ranger fans might, uh, uh, might not notice or pass up on or just go a little crazy. So I'm glad Carl is here with us tonight. And, of course, Scott and RP. And, uh, uh, yeah, let's, let's get going. There's a lot to, lot to cram into an hour. 
Yeah, a lot to do. I'm not going to be long-winded with uh, a lot of the points because we're probably going to cover it all. I even had to break out the pen and the pad because there's a lot of notes I have to take with you guys on the points you guys are going to make. Scott, we'll start with you first, man. Um, I don't know the vibe with you and Patrick on the Face Off podcast on your, your <laughs> great platform. I would love to hear the next episode because the last time we were here, it felt like, okay, it felt like, okay, we went to Detroit. We we put up like a seven spot in Detroit, went off in the third period. I ended up flying to Nashville and then losing that game. And that was an interesting weekend for myself, per se. Then the Rangers in between games, uh, they had came back home and then they went out west, which they did all right. You know, the, the, the nice win to me was the L.A. game, uh, being down 2 nothing. Then scoring those three goals in the second period. You see, they play well on the road, or they play okay on the road. They and they dropped the next game to Anaheim and got their first regular season win. Like you can even just build off the momentum there, right, Scott? But the the home games are killing me, Scott. They're killing me, like blowing leads left and right, dude. Like what the hell is going on? I really, I mean, the Edmonton game probably is the worst game of the year. I would have put the Columbus game, the game you were at. I thought that was the worst game of the year to that Edmonton game. <laughs> Just that just happened. Your thoughts, Scott. I'm gonna shut the f up, and then we'll go to Carl, we'll go to Glenn, and I'm taking notes so we can go back back and forth with these notes, man. Yeah, the uh, the, the Columbus game. We thought, I think that was the all around worst, you know, start to finish, wire to wire, sixty minutes we've seen out of them. Um, but that, uh, you know, that that and right around the time you were talking uh, when you were. Um, uh, well, you know, after after the Detroit game, uh, and then that Nashville game, which they played well, uh, they could just only find one goal in that. It looked like they were they were starting to right the ship. Uh, you know, blew out Arizona nice, and then went out west. Um, you know, get a point at Seattle and the San Jose and the LA games nice. Looked like right around there that uh, that three zero and one in in four. It looked like they might be riding the ship, and then. Uh, you know, Anaheim trying to get revenge there for the stinker they put up at home against Anaheim. Anaheim is not a good team. Um, the loss there, and then the last two are just, uh, you know, reality checks uh, for for what this team is. I mean, there's no excuse for that Edmonton game. I mean, they 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 were they, they stopped playing. They were up three nothing. You know, they say they say uh, the two goal lead is the most dangerous lead in hockey. It's not. It's it's any lead the Rangers have. <laughs> is the most dangerous lead in hockey. You know, no excuse for blowing a free goal lead at any point in the game, let alone walking into the third period with that 3 nothing lead. And then it looked like they were going to respond nice uh, against New Jersey, put up those two goals. It was pretty much all Rangers to start, I thought. Um, 2 nothing, and then they just stopped. Uh, I mean, they didn't stop. They had, they had, what, 38 shots, which is a decent amount, just – you know, they're, they're looking for that perfect shot. And, and, and uh, I think Joe pointed out, uh, or Sam, one of them pointed out last night that Panarin was taking shots from, from weird angles, which is good. I, mean, I don't mean that in, in the, like that's a positive. They pointed out that, like, it's good to see Panarin shooting again. So I think even he's getting the message that, you know, as great as his passing is, uh, it, it's, it's just not winning games, and he needs to start being the sniper. We, we talked about that earlier. He had that uh, earlier in the season. He had that, that one goal, which was nice to see uh, him shoot. I think we made a point of that. Um, you know, it's it's paddock time. It it, it, it really is. I, I mean, I know they're you know they're only a three game win streak uh, away from you know from being within striking distance of first. I get that, but they haven't shown anything to show that they can they deserve to be in that you know 
top three in the division non-wild card conversation. They, they uh, you know, this team reminds me a lot of, of, of last year, how they, you know, the difference is last year we had no expectations coming into the year, and they looked like they were, you know, a playoff team, and then they really put them over the top was those, was those trades at the deadline. And, you know, I, I made a point. I was a big defender of, you know, we'll be fine without those guys. Those weren't, you know, Cop and Petrano and, uh, and Mott, those weren't, like, top-tier names. And I said, okay, Okay, we, we'll be able to replace them, uh, no problem. The heart and soul, the, the core of the team is there. But it's a lot like last year, except I don't think they're as good as they were last year, um, you know, before those trades. And, and, and Igor is definitely I'm, – I'm not panicking about Igor. Um, there is a, a slump that can be expected after a season like he had that's fine. Uh, Lundquist is notorious for, for slow starts to the season. I'm not concerned about him. Uh, it, it's the rest of the team. And I think once, you know, they're firing all, if they ever start firing on all cylinders, he'll, he'll fall in line. I'm not worried about that. But they're not as good as they were before the trading deadline last year. And I think it's serious panic mode. This team needs a trade. And I mean a big one, you know, not, not these throwaway fourth liners like usual. This team needs a trade that's going to lose somebody that's going to piss a lot of people off. That simple. Oh, uh, speaking of trades, uh, the Ryan Reeves, I forgot about that. You know, that's more of a salary cap casualty. I love Ryan Reeves. I think we all can agree. But, you know, you guys saw me on, like, some of the groups and also on the uh, on Twitter. Now we're going to get beat the fuck up now losing these games. <laughs> we're losing 140, man. <laughs> this is bad. Mm-hmm. Like, this is Christmas story shit we're going through. But, uh, Scott, one more question before we go to Carl. Yep. Yep. If we came to November 29th, could you have even imagined? Because, remember, in the summer we were talking about, okay, where teams are we're going to be as far as predictions. I would you ever guess that out of the three teams in Long Island, Jersey, Manhattan, that we were going to be the third place team at this point on November the 29th? I would never have thought that. It was even crossing the register. No, no, never, never. We knew the Devils were were getting there, but I didn't think they were as good as they are. And I think the Islanders were a big question mark. There was a question about whether that uh, back-to-back conference finals team uh, had run its course or do they get a pass last year because of the 13 straight games on the road with the the arena, Mm -hmm. Uh, the COVID not shutting their season down, the injuries, and they just never recovered from all that. So the question with them was, do they get a pass for last season or was last season the sign of things to come and and that, uh, you know, that conference finals window is over um it's looking like uh the former unfortunately and uh yeah i would never in a million years have expected that we we beat the worst out of the by far the worst out of the three and i again we're only a couple points back back in the island we played them twice and lost twice so um yeah uh, it, it, it's just really really disappointing uh real, real quick the one thing i i will say about the reeves trade i'm okay with that um you know, we loved Reeves, you know, just the, the energy and the, and the personality he brought to the locker room. And, of course, uh, you know, he was brought in as a direct result of the uh, Tom Wilson incident. But, you know, the team had zero toughness at that point. You know, we, we yeah, we had Truba, yeah. but, you know, he, he wasn't you know, what he is now. And, you know, we brought in Reeves and then, you know, Goodrow and Blaze followed uh, and whatnot. So I'm not worried about losing Reeves. I don't think we're going to go right back to being pushed around because we got those two guys. Lindgren is a force. Truba, of course. So we got middleweights. Um, 
So we don't have a heavyweight, big deal. Uh, not everybody has a heavyweight anyway. And, uh, you know, I think, and I, I don't have the numbers, but I think Truba's gotten in more fights in the last two years than Reeves has. Um, so I'm, I'm not worried about getting pushed around. That, that, that toughness that he instilled, uh, you know, permeated the entire lineup. Everybody's playing, well, they were. Uh, when they were playing with a chip on their shoulder, they were, they were playing, uh, you know, tough guy, uh, you know, balls out hockey. Um, they're just not playing that at all uh, right now. But as far as the uh, the toughness goes, no, I think uh, you know Ryan Reeves leaving does not put us back to uh, where we were uh, after that Caps game. I'm I'm not worried about that. I think we've got uh, enough middleweights to go around, and um, you know the toughness will, will be there. We just need to figure out how to be a playoff team around it. All right, cool. Let's go to Carl. But speaking of Truba, man, and all that talk for the last several years of we need a captain, we need a captain, and we need a C on his chest. Well, how's that working for us, Rangers Town? Let's go to Carl. <laughs> so it's interesting. Um, there's a couple. I think I talked to you. I think I talked to you guys two times in the last five months. I think the last time we chatted was when we were saying goodbye for the season and then opening night. And there were a couple of themes that we hit on to sort of set the stage for, I think, what is happening now. So I'm going to put it in, a, in two separate buckets. There is what's going on on the ice, and then there is a separate category I want to give this. And Scott kind of hit on one of these just now. Um, the expectation part of this, I believe, is a factor. It's my contention that there is a much different outlook on how a team plays when they're expected to win <clears throat> as opposed to when there is no pressure on you to win. Mm-hmm. And last year, the Rangers played the season. I think a lot of us thought they could make the playoffs, but this season it is an expectation to make the playoffs. And so each game has come under a much different level of scrutiny and the players are being judged under that prism. And I think that that is a factor in what has happened this season. The other thing we talked about was um, maturity. I think at the, on the first show that we did after the Tampa game, we talked about whether or not the team has grown up. And how we discussed that was that how it manifested itself in games. Were the Rangers going to take games that were, let's say, 2-1 to one in the third period and take the game by the throat and extend leads and not allow situations where they're basically holding on for dear life in the last few minutes of the game. As we have seen in the last, what, I'd say, what, 10 games, maybe a couple games earlier in the season, we have seen situations here where they have been blowing leads, where games that should not have been lost are being lost. And I'm not going to blame coaching for that. I'm going to blame the, the veteran individuals for that. We've got guys in this team on the top you know, six of the roster, you know, Kreider, Zibanejad, Panarin, Trocek. You know, these guys have been around eight to ten years. Like, they should, it should not be a situation where they, have, where they have to be programmed to say, hey, guys, can you take advantage of what the situation you guys have out here is and let's win the game? Like, like I, 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 Cuba, you know, all those guys, they, they should be, have been mature enough that we thought going in that this would not be an issue. And I, heard, I think it was on it was a Sunday's game, I think it was either the Detroit game or the game that they blew against Edmonton, 
where they were talking about being passive and talking about uh, we we were in between. I'm like, if we are still at the point where that's being discussed, then that's a that's a player issue. That's a maturity issue. That I, I the coach can only do so much about that. And then the third thing we talked about was progression is not linear. To Scott's point, there was an idea, and particularly centered around the, the, the young guys, that their progression was going to just go up based on the 20 postseason games we saw last season, and some of the other guys as well. Unfortunately, that has not totally been the case, because if it was, some of the losses that came because of the hard cap and, and free agency would not play as big a role in what's happening this season because you would have other guys to take up some of the slack for those guys, right? So from that standpoint, that has sort of flatlined. Like, if you if you had to write down, like, how many players on the team have gotten significantly better this season from last season, you're going to run the very few names. So that's an issue. And then I think the biggest thing that I'm – have come to the conclusion on, and we talked about this right before the season started, was regression to the mean. Um, the three things that the Rangers had, could hang their head on last season was Igor's incredibly unsustainable save percentage, power play percentage, and Chris Kreider's goals that he was scoring at a rate that he had never had in his career. All three of those things have regressed this season, probably to levels that they probably should have regressed to. You know, Igor, I think Larry Brooks had the thing the other day where Igor's save percentage last year was third all-time among goalies who started at least 50 games. Now, if the team had concluded that they were going to get the same level of performance this season, uh, that was a faulty conclusion because only only three guys had done that before, and he was one of the three. So his save percentage is kind of in line with what it was the season before last year. So that's kind of, you know, maybe that is what it is. Kreider's got 10 goals this season compared to the 15 he had last season. Take those five goals and place them anywhere you want in the games this season that the Rangers have lost. Maybe a goal here, a goal there, and all of a sudden the results look a little bit different. And in the power play percentage, you know, right now, Power play percentage in terms of the entire league has skyrocketed this season. Like the Rangers are 18th in the league. They were fourth last season. So when you factor those three things in, the save percentage, the power play goals, the Kreider goals, like if those things were at the same level they were last year, we probably wouldn't be saying that they're struggling. But because those things happened, that sort of took away from some of the other underlying issues that the Rangers had for a lot of the games last season. We were talking about it. You know, the Rangers five-on-five, maybe some of the other things, defensive lapses. But those were being covered up by those three things. You know, Igor being superhuman, Chris Kratos scoring 50 goals, power play coming up here and there. But if those things ever regressed, what would happen? And so what I've sort of come to the conclusion now is that because those, things, those three things have regressed, in addition to those other things which I was talking about, they're going to have a very difficult time making the playoffs, and they're going to be fighting pretty much for one of the wild card spots at the rate that it's going right now. Excellent analysis, Carl. Absolutely, totally agree, man. And this is what we feared too uh, when we talked about 
trying to keep up with this, the production with Kreider and, and, and Shesterkin and as far as the development of the other guys, if they can make up the slack, and all three are failing. You're absolutely correct. Glenn, looking forward to your thoughts. Far away, sir. Let's talk. Hey, as usual, uh, Carl has some great observations, hit on a couple of points I was going to. Um, and, and everything I'll say here is really based on where we are right now and why we are where we are, not necessarily saying this guy's a bust, that guy's a bust, uh, this isn't working out, they're not that good. Just if, for this stretch of 2021 games that we're in. Um, I think we all knew probably that Kreider was not going to uh, score 52 goals again. But I think 35 would have been reasonable. I mean, right now he's on a stretch for, uh, you know, a trend for about that, 10, 10 in 20 games. So um, I think we'll get, you know, kind of what we would have expected from him. Uh, as far as Igor goes, Igor has been average to above average. He hasn't been uh, superhuman like he was last year. And there were probably a lot of games the Rangers won that they should have lost. We know that because of him that are not happening this year. He's given up a number of goals in his 20 games that uh, last year he just wasn't given up. But the one thing I'll say about that is there's a lot of teams out there that have very good records without their goalie having numbers like Igor had last year. So there are teams that are not depending on their goalie as much. And this team seems like it can't survive unless Igor is uh, superhuman. And I don't know if that's kind of gotten into some of their heads. Uh, There seems to be, to me, a lack of confidence. There seems to be, to me, a lack of leadership that we saw last year, like Carl says, from uh, the veteran players, not necessarily putting it on the coaching staff. Um, it, it seems like, you know, every time I see Mika uh, in a post-game interview looking like his dog just died, saying that, oh, we just got to be better, you know, talking where you can barely hear him. It's like, Mika, tell me. <laughs> Do it yourself. Stop telling me you got to be better. Do it. Um, and and it's just maddening how this team, we talked about it uh, last time we were on, just goes from period to period, you don't know what you're going to expect. Um, and, and I think right now, you know, this team is going through uh, Igor not playing the way he thought they would. The penalty, uh, the power play, uh, like Carl said, is 18th in, in the league. Uh, so it's not clicking like it had before. Um, they're hitting a lot of posts. They're missing the net a lot. Um, I think this team is just collectively – holding on to their stick a little tightly. Um, and, and I think their confidence is, is waning. Um, you know, last year, like Carl said, they'd get a lead and they'd build on that lead in the third period. Or if they were behind, you know, the old no quit in New York, where'd that go? They were never out of a game. They'd come back and, and win so many games in the third period. That's disappeared. And to me, when you look at a team that two games in a row gave up four unanswered goals, uh, that's unacceptable for a team that's expected to play at their level. Uh, If you're a bottom feeder, yeah, that's going to happen all the time. But just those two games, giving up four unanswered goals, 
is unacceptable to me. And, and you look at games like the Detroit game. They had a 2 nothing lead, lost. The Islander game had a 3-1 three, lead, lost. Uh, the Edmonton game, obviously. There have been others. How many points has this team given away already at this point? 10, 12? Um, they're just giving up too many points, and they just don't seem to have been able to find their identity. I- I'm not sure what this team is. Uh, Fox played 30 minutes last night, and from what I heard, he was feeling a little under the weather. We can't keep doing that. I keep hearing about how Truba is hurting and, you know, something's wrong with his shoulder or his, uh, uh, his ribs or something. Well, then sit him until he's better because he's been horrible and he's been taking Keandre Miller down with him, who, by the way, hasn't been impressing me that much either lately. Um, so, you know, you got Jimmy Vesey, who I was glad to make the team, but not to be playing on the first line. Goudreau playing on the second line. He. I mean, guys are playing where they shouldn't be playing. Why are we sitting crabs off for seven games while he's healthy or whatever it's been, six games, while he's been healthy? Either play him or move him. Um, I mean, I'm hearing now that they're going to try to send him down to Hartford for a conditioning uh, uh, stint, which I think would be awesome, both to, you know, free up the spot on on the roster and to let him get a little bit more familiar with the uh, North American type of play while he's down there. I, I hope he accepts it. I really do. I think it'll be best for the team and for him. But what are we doing with this guy? With finding out what he is, his development as a player. Instead, we're playing Jimmy Vesey on the first line. Um, give me 10 games of crafts off on the first line. Let's see what happens. And put Vesey back down where he belongs. Um, I think this team is just, it's like moving parts all over the place. Um, and and I, I just feel like this team has no identity. We're two months into the season, and I feel like this team is just a, a ball of confusion. I don't know what to expect from the players. I don't know what to expect from the lineup. Um, I just don't know what's going on, and that can't be comfortable for the players if it's not comfortable for me. So uh, not that they're running out of time. Steve, we talked last week where, you know, I said I was concerned but not alarmed. I don't know if there's something between concerned and alarmed or if there's levels of concern before I get to alarm. Um, there's still time to get in the playoffs. Um, you know, you look at some of the teams in the East that are in there right now, um, I mean, I guess the Devils are for real. They've built themselves such a cushion that I don't know how they don't make the playoffs. So you got to figure that's a spot that we weren't expecting to be taken. The Islanders are getting really good goalie, uh, goalie play from both uh, Shesterkin and Varlamov. Um, they're scoring. They're, you know, we, we kind of thought they might be a middling team on the bubble. Not sure which way they would go. Um, but they might. Right now, Detroit is in. I don't expect that to continue. Uh, right now, Washington is out. That may continue. Um, Pittsburgh is playing a lot better. So, you know, the, 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 the playoff spots in the entire Eastern Conference are starting to fill up. And uh, they need to, to figure this out real quick. There's still time, um, but it's not really early anymore. And 
they need to figure something out. They need to solidify. Um, they need to have some cohesion. They need to get some confidence. Um, and, you know, like Mika tells me every night after the game, they just got to play better for a full – I don't know how many games this year we've seen that we could say were 60-minute efforts. The first game against Tampa, maybe one or two more. But, I mean, that's pretty bad <laughs> that, you know, a team can't play for 60 minutes. That's uh, got the expectations and the talent team has. Um, I mean, right now they look confused. They look rushed. They look uh, slow. Um, they look confused in the de- defensive zone. Um I mean, there's just so much that's a mess right now uh, that I never expected to be happening by this point. But they need to figure it out, and they need to figure it out soon. They definitely do. Um, a lot of issues you guys are uh, uh, highlighted. And, I mean, it's, it's, it's sad because it's not just one. It's, it's a gazillion of them. And yeah. I don't know how fast you could turn this around. I mean, I mean, when, I, when it's my turn to speak, I'll get into how I look at it. Let's bring on RP and get his thoughts. Ranger Proud, of course. RP, we were talking about your article on Forever Blue shirts about uh, uh, Igor Shosturkin taking blame or accountability, per se. Uh, welcome back, sir. I hope all is well. I mean, I know you have a lot to say, so fire away, man, and then I'll go after you, man. Hey, guys. Uh apologize for being hey, late. I'm at, you guys know I'm doing that Toys for Tots thing, and I had an event tonight, so I just wanted to jump on quick and say hello, and uh, yeah, you know, the, the article just came from the heart, I guess, it just came from every Ranger fan. There is, in my opinion, major concern about the team. Um, you know, a lot of it is on the coaching. Uh, I read today in, in clips and all, you know, Truve is playing hurt, and he has these injuries, but, you know, giving him practice time off will suffice, but I don't believe that. You're only 23 games into the year. If the man's hurt, then sit him for three, four games and get him back to where he's supposed to be because you could tell he's struggling. You can tell he's making a lot of mistakes. This team has a huge turnover problem, and that, to me, comes for some reason they're lacking speed. I don't know if they're too comfortable from last season, but, you know, you look at the Devils game really quick, excuse me, their forecheck was incredible, and the Rangers look confused and in the sight of what to do with the puck when they have pressure on them. You know, that goal yesterday, Truba gave up the puck on the blue line, and then Carpenter just backhands it right to the devil, and it's a low two-on-one, and it's in the back of the net. And that's been the epitome of the season. They're just not playing good hockey in all aspects and in all ends. And it, it's definitely a concern issue, because how do you improve it? Gallant seems very reluctant to change lines dramatically. Um, I mean, for instance, yesterday's power play. They had one power play goal in the last four games, and that's when they scored yesterday's power play goal late. If it's, no matter how productive it looks on the ice and how potent it is and the puck's always in their end, they're not scoring. Put the second unit out there a little bit more. He seems to be reluctant to try different things, which has been Gallant's forte, change things up. He needs to put Kraftsov in. Now, I don't think Kraftsov is going to be the answer everybody thinks he is. I unfortunately think he might be that first-round bust that the Rangers have selected in years past, and it happens, of course. But I don't see why, you know, you try it, because there's D.C. on the first and second line. Here's a guy who was trying to just make the team with a PTO, battling Dryden Hunt, and as of last night, Hunt got traded, or got picked up on waivers. 
VT's playing on the top line, the top two lines, and Kravstov has been declared the extra forward. So it looks like he'll play tomorrow night. You, you have to try to mix things up and keep mixing things up because to repetitively do the same thing over and over is going to lead to the same result. They're not a good team on home ice. Uh, and, and we said this earlier, Steve, Chesterkin and Kreider, we didn't think we were going to repeat what they did last year because they were so good. But I don't think both of them would fall off as much as they have. Mm-hmm. And it's not to knock Kreider. Kreider's playing well. I think he's got 10 goals and, and, and 20 points in 23 games, which is great. But you look at the pace he was scoring last year and all those little deflections last year that were fun in the back of the net, and this year is either going wide or the goalie's making the save. So, and for whatever reason, this team just can't hold the lead. They don't know how to put the pedal down. You're up 2 nothing, right. make it 4 nothing, make it 5 nothing. Don't, don't suck going back in 10. Okay, we got a two-goal lead where we're in good shape because you saw what happened yesterday. We saw it with a nightmare at the, the Oiler game. And until they figure this out, it, it's, it, they're in quicksand right now, and they're just going deeper and deeper down. And until they can find a way to pick themselves up, and, and only they can correct it. You know, these are professional hockey players. These guys know they're not playing the right game, but he has to try to get Lafreniere to score. I mean, he did try to get Panarin to score. He moved them up to Prater and Zimbanejad yesterday. Uh, not Zimbanejad yesterday, excuse me, with uh, Kako and Hedl yesterday, and they scored early, and you're like, ah, this might work. And then after that, they only scored one more regular strength goal and then the late power play goal by Trocek. It's a problem that it's a team effort. It really is. And until they figure out a way to get their game back, these losses are mounting up. And they've lost 8 out of 12. They don't win at home. They're blowing leads. It's a lot of problems to have to kind of pick themselves up from at one time. But if they don't, these teams are blowing by them. I mean, you know, you're sitting ninth place in December just about. The playoffs are still there, absolutely, but this team wasn't just about, supposed to be about making the playoffs. This team is supposed to be about getting to the finals. You want to improve from last year, and and I think that's just going to be hard. But anyway, boys, yep. I just wanted to jump on and say my two cents and say a quick hello to you guys. Hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. I'm going to go jump back into my event now and all, and uh, hopefully when we talk next Tuesday, we'll have some positive things to say. If not, it's going to be a long season. <laughs> so you guys have a yeah, good night. I, 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 I guess Sorry to cut you and Carl, again, brother. RP, RP, you and Carl literally yeah. must be at the same sensei, at the same Rangers. I mean, he literally said the same point a half hour ago, it, it, almost uh, verbatim. Sorry. In the same order. Well, but you want about, to know because it's the same. But it's the same. Yeah. You know, we're all hockey guys. So, and I'm sure the players see the same thing. I mean, they're, they're in it. But if we here on this podcast are recognizing the problems, you got to know that Galant and them are recognizing the, the good coaching staff and the good teams. They're going to find a way to get out of these slumps and to improve their game consistently. Hockey, 60 minutes. You know, too many times, even with a one-goal lead late, you just feel they're going to feel the team's going to score. It wasn't like that last year in one-goal games. In one-goal games, like, we got this. This is locked up. And, you know, Chesterkin struggling. Halak doesn't have a win as a backup. When do you bring up Louis Dominique from the minors? When you mm-hmm. make that decision, we, we were saying your backup goalie's got to find you, what, 15 or 20 points? I don't think Halak's able to do that the way he's playing. He just doesn't look good. He just doesn't look good. And you can't have 
It's better enough just to have 10 wins where we are right now, but your starting goalie has all 10 wins. That That's not going to work. You can't even say he's trying to play through it because I don't think Gallant has confidence in Halak. I don't think he has confidence in Kravtsov. And really quick, guys, why the heck do they try moving Guti up to the first two lines? Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure we, you guys mm-hmm. mentioned earlier. Fast, can score. Yes, he doesn't score a lot of goals, but the offensive pressure there keeps the fuck out of our end. And mm-hmm. this kid can't seem to get a break either. So there's a lot going on, and I don't know if the coaching staff is scared to make a move, or maybe they just don't have the confidence when they see him practice in the game to suggest to make these moves. But the losses are mounting up. And, you know, yeah. there is no easy schedule. There is no easy team to play against. Well, we got home and home in Ottawa coming up soon. You know, those guys are flying too. So it's gonna it, it's a tough battle, but they have to find a way to to overcome this. They have to find a way to play range of hockey again. You know, they have to find their swagger. They don't have any of that. You see the guys on the ice. They all look a little. I think Lindgren said it best. Once they get down, they don't get back up. I'm not sure that Lindgren said that yet. But something to that extent, and that's a horrible perception to have because when the when you're playing these guys and they know hey get, even if we were down two goals just keep going because the rangers can't hold the lead they sort of sit back you know you have a three mm-hmm. nothing what was it a three nothing lead going into the third period against the oilers with oh, david and dry saddle over there you've got to know they're going to come hard and then what do you do you take stupid penalties and galante even said that in the third period they played lousy hockey and they took two stupid penalties Lafayette is taking two late-game penalties that cost goals both times. You, you can't do that. He's a smaller player. They have the lazy penalties, the hooks and the trips. You're not talking about roughing, you know, hard body checks at the wrestling to the penalty. You're taking those lazy penalties, the holds, the yep. trips. That is what's costing them. And their power play is falling apart. The penalty kill doesn't look sharp. They're, it's amazing just talking about how many problems this team has. And you, you wouldn't have thought it going into the season. We did it. I mean, I didn't think they're going to have the year they had last year, but I think we only have 10 wins now. And uh, it, it's just a, it's a real tough battle. It, it's sometimes even hard to watch them because you never feel comfortable. I mean, they had a 2 nothing lead yesterday. It's like, all right, 2 is good, it, but it's early. And that's what the double said, too. It's early. They had a whole game to come back, and sure enough, they did. So mm-hmm. we just got to have to hope things change. All right, boys, you have a good night. Thank you again. Steve, for the whole platform and all. I uh, hope to be writing some more now. Today was my first article in like a month. But between work and this event stuff are going, going on, I've been a little behind. But I'll be back to keep following Ranger Proud, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Shout out to RP. Yep, shout out to RP. Thank you very much, man. And he said That's a right. lot. Thank you. Man, man, we have to, I'm going to have to bring this to Twitter, man. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to get to everything he said. We're going to go back to Scott. But let me say this real quick, because everything you guys are saying is everything's down, like from the veteran play or like what Carl said, I think he said it perfectly. The progression is not linear. And I wrote that down, meaning what RP just reiterated with the Lafayers and the uh, Cascos and Hedos, you know, Hedo was injured a little bit, but when it still has not been the same and the young players like Zach Jones and and, and Lever Hayek, these turnovers are killing us or, or even when Carpenter's turnover. Like, these are sloppy mistakes. And I think I said it in the episode last time, I don't think the Rangers really want to play this speed that they, they're trying to do, and it's causing these turnovers, and then we're getting burnt on our 
well, on the opposing team's offensive end. And that's how the Devils got back into the game last night. And then, like RP said, the skating is lazy. These, these, these are the penalties that were, were escaped behind. It's just across the board. But I just think even with Igor Shosturkin's all-level, all-pro level play last year, it, 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 was down, it was bound to take a slight hit. But my whole thing is more about defense. Team defense overall is – I think that's where we really are hurting. Because last year I thought our team defense overall – I thought we were one of the better two-way teams in the league last year where it doesn't feel like that this year. It feels like – we're chasing everybody. It feels like we're taking stupid penalties. We're escaped behind. Teams are out muscling us. Uh, even when, no matter how you change the lines or what, whatever. Um, yeah, it's just bad all around. And let's go back to Scott because uh, we might have to get a little bit of extended final thoughts. Now, I know we only have like 15, 20 minutes left, but Scott, far away anything else you'd like to add? I think we covered it damn near all, man. Um I don't anything else you'd like to ask, Scott. <laughs> um, yeah, we pretty much beat it to death. Uh, <clears throat> you know, things are bad. I mean, they're two points out of a playoff spot with, you know, three quarters of the season to go. So it's, you know, we're not, nobody's giving up. We're not panicking. But, you know, I'm just, re- repeat what I said earlier. I do believe this team needs a trade. I, I don't think this is a matter of just the players only meeting where they come out and they just are a different team when they hit the ice. Um, there is something going on here, and I think they need to shake it up, and they, and they need to shake the roster up. I mean, they're they're short a top uh, a top six right wing, and you know, um, you know, I've been very vocal about this Patrick Kane thing. Um, you know, I hope I'm not getting like you know too antsy towards it because then it'll be a big letdown if it doesn't happen. And I think at, at, at his age, 34, I think uh, they can get away with two high picks and maybe a prospect. And I'm fine with any prospect that's not named Brennan Ottman. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's going to cost really like players, especially since, you know, they traded away a 25 year old to bring it for draft picks. So obviously they want even younger than that. So uh, we, we know that Lafreniere is off the table. We know that obviously Fox and those, you know, those guys are, are off the table. I'd be okay with Kako. Um, you know, we, we, we said earlier in the season that he was on the clock now starting on the top six. This was his chance to shine in his fourth year, um, you know, to see if he was there. He's not there. Um, you know, he, he's above as slightly above average at best. I think that's, you know, again, he's only 21. I get that. But, uh, you know, with the line that he's got or had, you know, cause now everything's being shuffled because nothing is working. The point is it wasn't working and he was not showing signs of being that all-star that we hoped he would be. So if he's on the block, I know that if we give away a right wing like that for another right wing and Kane, we haven't really accomplished anything, but, Hope, so hopefully he's not in that, and and if you know, and, and if he's not destined for the top six, and put the kid line back together because that kid line still plays. They're pretty much the only ones that play. You know, they remind me a lot of uh, of the Zuccarello, uh, Broussard, and uh, 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 Pooley outline from from 2014 that you know came out of nowhere and, and was easily our best line, and they were just amazing every time they hit the ice. Uh, the kid line is still doing that, I think. Uh, whereas the other two lines, Banajad, Panarin, and whatnot, Kreider, and they'll 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 just you know 
not all of their shifts are dynamic scoring opportunities and um, you know making things happen. That that kid line they can they can be a top line, uh, they can be a checking line, just making things happen. Lafreniere is very physical; he, he's crushing people. Uh, he's all over the place. So you know I'm all in favor of keeping that line together. Maybe you bump that line up to the top six. Maybe you demote. Uh, you know, do it like AV never had uh, never had the balls to do. Um, maybe you demote an entire line. Uh, uh, you know, take your pick of the top two and put them on the third line. Let the kid line be on the top six and get that more playing time. Maybe that'll be a, mm-hmm. a wake up call, or maybe that'll maybe that'll work. Maybe that'll just be the the chemistry that was destined. Who knows? But um, something has to change. Um, and I think it means bringing in uh, personnel. And, um, you know, this Patrick Kane thing, you know, last year when we knew he was on the block at the time, it was, uh, you know, a fantasy like, okay, that would really, really put us over the top. Uh, now it's not a fantasy anymore. You know, whether or not it's realistic, I don't know. But it's not a fantasy about, uh, you know, whether or not he would put over the top. He would put us back in the mix um, and obviously, you know, change the chemistry. Um, you know, the chemistry cannot get any worse. So, you know, can only change it for the better. But, you know, that's that's a that's a big gun. We, we need some kind of big gun at that right wing. You know, Kravtsov was supposed to be it, um, and he hasn't played for seven straight games. So, um, who knows? you know, I would love to be able to trade him. I don't think it's possible. I don't think any GM is really going, unless, unless he's a throw-in, I don't think any GM is going to want to roll the dice on him. Um. So, but but something something has to give. Again, they're two points out of a playoff spot with a lot of games to go, sixty games to go. So we're not panicking. But um, you know, I forgot who was. I don't know, Glenn. I don't know if it was that you. Was you know the different levels of panic or, or whatnot? That, yeah. that that that's perfect. We're 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 at level three and a half right now out of 10, but we didn't expect to be here. You know, I, 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 I had, I had coming into the season. It kind of reminded me of the, the, the 2014 team and the 2015 team. The 2014 team kind of came out of nowhere, had a, came, came on real strong uh, down the stretch. And then obviously, uh, you, you know, were forced in the playoffs, went to the finals, and then the expectations were then through the roof for the next season, but they lived up to those expectations. They were the best team in the league. They won the President's Trophy. Um, and, you know, just all season long, they were incredible. You know, so we, I had, you know, shades of, of that coming into this year, where last year we came out of nowhere, almost did it, um, and then the expectations would be high, and this was supposed to be the next step. And you know, we were all love. Remember the pregame show? We were all smiles and love and laugh. You know, we haven't been in this situation in years, and we're so happy to be, you know, great coming into the year. And you know, and they, I guess that's what's probably more disappointing. Um, you know, if, if this were last year, we'd probably be somewhat content with where they were, but this is not last year. Last year, they accomplished a lot. It's time to take the next step, and right now, I don't think they have the personnel or the heart what, uh, to take that next step. What about, real quick, real quick, last question. Real quick, if you could quickly answer this, Scott, and then we'll go to Carl, get his final thoughts, but what about this intangible thing? I don't think I have seen any fan brought up because we've heard for years, well, this team needs a real captain. This team needs a real captain. I'm not saying anything, Scott, but we, the results are the results. You know, we played better when we didn't have that that C on somebody's chest with the alternates. 
Why? I mean, I'm not saying, but hey, it's obvious, and especially at home, Scott. Like these home games have been dreadful. Like I'm at a point I don't even want to watch home games no more. Or I don't, I'm I'm just going away from it. How do you think in the locker room that has turned out? Because Glenn brought it up with me because the Benders and I saw that post game interview after the Edmonton loss, and he was just dead. Like like he is like you know like like he lost his puppy. That that's the vibe I got. Like like, like you said. <laughs> How much do you go into that? And then especially just the 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 lack of will to defend home ice. What are your thoughts on those two spots as far as the C? Is there anything there? And then also the uh, home ice. Just I mean, he was at one of those games. That was the worst game at Edmonton, if you ask me. I, I, I was at three. I'm, I'm 0-3 at home this year. Uh, the Columbus game, obviously, was – um, I was at the Islander sure? loss no. and, and oh, I yeah, was at the, yeah. uh, and Boston as well. So it was the Islander game and the Boston game were actually two pretty good games. Uh, but yeah. they came out, you know, zero points. Couldn't even take either to overtime. Couldn't even get that one point out of it. Uh, oh, you know, all three losses. The Columbus game was an absolute disaster, but you know, the, the Islander game, they were decent. Um, and, and, and so was Boston, but they lost them both. So yeah, I'm 0-3 and I've gotten into self-imposed exile. My next three games are on the road. In fact, next week at Vegas, but we'll get to, we'll get to that more later. Um, yeah, I don't think there's a correlation with the C. You know, when somebody, because you're not the first person that I saw some post something like that earlier, and at first I'm going to be like, no, no, no. But you know what? Like you said, facts are facts. They didn't have a captain last year. They were great. Maybe, maybe it has to do with more you know, I, I don't know. I, I can't. I couldn't put my finger on why they'd be better without it. But facts are facts. They were great without one last year, and now they're not. So who's to say whether it is related or not? I mean, it is a fact. I, I don't think so. Um, you know, just the way the whole captain suit thing went down. Apparently, it was like everybody was unanimous, more or less, uh, in Truba. Apparently, Truba was the unofficial captain for years anyway. So that's who the players wanted. You know, it has nothing to do with us. You know, people were coming. Oh, well, I want a Kreider. Why not Zanadad? Why not us? You know, it's not up to us. We're not in the locker room. So the locker room spoken, and and they unanimously wanted them. So. You know, it's not like the team management just named a guy who's been there for a while. That's who the, this was the player's choice. So, you know, it's it's on him, but it's also on the players to rally. Uh, you know, to not just bla- lay the blame at him. You know, you have a guy like Messier who loved that. You know, he said, "Yeah, when the team stinks, put it on me. It's on me." In fact, that's the whole basis for the "We Will Win Tonight Against the Devils." If you watch the, you know, I'm sure we've all seen that interview where he said uh, there were so many distractions, so much things going on. He's like, "I needed to put the attention on me," uh, which is why I said that. Everybody was like, "Woo!" and all eyes were on Messier. And he took, you know, he shouldered it. Now. Obviously, Messier is in a league of his own. A, you know, I could name maybe three other team captains in all of sports history that are on that level. So it's not fair to you know to say Truba is not Messier as a captain. That's not fair. Uh, so I won't say that. But um, you know, as much as it's on Truba to you know get the guys in line and and you know have them you know if they're going to lose lose with heart and lose with 60 minutes effort but it's also on the players if if if, if this is the guy you elected you know you're letting him down uh he's letting the team down the team's equally letting him down so 
Um, long story, I guess the moral of the story is I don't think that uh, having the captain it, it, it was, was a curse or whatnot. You know, it is what it is. Although um, uh, an, another fact in, in your favor is that the 14 finals run, uh, you know, remember they traded their captain to the deadline. So they did that whole run without a captain as well, uh, as well mm-hmm. as the 2015 right. year. So, you know, there's more ammo in, in your court to your argument right there. So you might be right. Mm-hmm. Um, so who knows? Well, uh, right. And Shut the other part, the – Real quick, real quick, real quick. No, I was just going to say about the, the home ice real quick. Um, yeah, that's yeah. a problem. You know, we, we were saying last year how, you know, with, with, with the state of the garden these days with the fans in there and the pricing and whatnot, you know, we, we've been saying for years it's not the same building. But we did point out how last year it was as close to that old-time garden, you know, 80s, 90s, early 2000s garden as we'd seen it in a long, long time. And that was good. And, you know, they responded to that and they played well. So it's not the you know the garden is but the garden is going to respond to the team. That's the difference. Is the team responded to the garden in the past? Those days are over. The garden is going to respond to the team, and the team is not really giving them, uh, you know, not team is really not giving uh, them the uh, the ammo they need to go out there and uh, be the old time garden, and, that, and that's a problem all around. Fans and players. Thank you. Yeah, thanks on that, man. Shout out to Scott very much, man. Carl, um, we're wrapping up, man. Uh, your thoughts, uh, how we turn this around? Because I look at the schedule. We got the back-to-back to Ottawa. We got two road games versus the two top teams in the West in Vegas and Colorado. Uh, your final thoughts? Oh, my goodness. And then the home games, I don't think we're going to win those games. Uh, Ottawa, maybe. But your thoughts, Carl, final thoughts. I would try not to look at it in <clears> – <throat> two or three game cycles. I think you can, I think you can, it's very dangerous to do that. I think you sort of have to look at it and say, Hey, let's see, let's see a, what I would define sustainable is something like 10 games. And that's why if you take it in that sort of realm, let's see how they do these 10 games and the next 10 games, and then sort of build off of that. Um, the one thing that the Rangers do can hang their hat on is the fact that they have been a bit unlucky. Um, Chris Kreider mm-hmm. actually alluded to this about a week and a half. I'm looking for the quote here. I want to make sure I have. I want to make sure I'm saying exactly what he said correctly. Hold on, give me one second. He said something to the extent of, "We we look at the game in terms of the process as opposed to the results," because. And this is something I fight with folks about in a lot of different sports. The idea, and Bill Parcells falsely said this years ago, where he says, You're, you are right, your record says you are. I, I think that's a bunch of bullshit, to be honest with you. Because if you play badly and win, that doesn't mean that you're good. You just happen to got a little bit lucky. You know, you, you play bad long enough, eventually it will show itself. And in this case, I bring that up because I've been looking at it. I was like, you know, are the Rangers getting enough scoring opportunities? Like enough, like high – are the Rangers just a, a victim of just some bad luck? And I'm looking at their high danger shots over the course of the first 24 games of the season, and it's far above league average. And the amount that they're giving up is right around league average. That indicates to me that, you know what, a couple of these goals go in, all of a sudden we have a much different conversation. We are thinking suddenly that – all the other aspects that we've talked about don't get mentioned as much because going in. And so when I heard Kreider say what he said, I translated that to say, wait a second, if they just keep 
getting those opportunities. Eventually, now, maybe maybe one of those seasons where, for whatever reason, it doesn't happen. It just doesn't go in. Hey, things happen. But if they do go in, that confidence that we talk about where guys are getting down can turn around very quickly because goals are going in. And the mindset of the team is different because they have scored. You know, it's, there's, a, there's a deflating feeling, obviously, when you're giving up goals. But we also have to kind of flip on that and say there is a, a, an exuberance and a feeling of belief and confidence when it does go in. And so, to me, if the Rangers continue to get the opportunities that they have had that unfortunately so far have not gone in, if those go in, things will sort of correct itself somewhat. Now, what the other part of this has to also take into account is will Shesterkin play or will he be able to save more shots than he's saving right now? Can that percentage go up about 5 or 6%? If it can, and those two things settle out, I think the Rangers can figure out a way to get past this. But the one thing I'm very uncomfortable with, and it's something I was going to pose actually to RP before he left, but I guess I can pose it to all three of you. Do you all believe that the Rangers, after last season, took this regular season for granted? What I mean by that is that the mindset of the team, this is something that the coaches cannot solve. This is a player issue. Did the players come into the season very overconfident and over-self-assured in themselves to where they took the regular season for granted because of the long playoff run under the assumption that basically our season starts in late April, whenever the season ends this year, and just was trying to gear themselves towards that part of the, of the, of the equation as opposed to putting in the work that is needed between October, or actually you can go before that, the offseason as well, between you know, July, August, September, all the way through, including these regular season games, and, and do that because there's a part of me that believes that the Rangers are, have t- were taking early on, and so far through this first 24 games of the season, that they were taking the regular season for granted. All right, cool. We'll get Glenn's thoughts on that. Shout out to you, Carl. Thank you very much, man. Uh, Glenn, can you yeah. answer that question for Carl as we wrap up? Because we only got like a minute left. So if you could answer that for yeah. Carl and then your final thoughts. Yeah, I think what Carl says is very valid. And I mentioned when I spoke before that I thought this team doesn't have a lot of confidence. And I think a lot of that has to to go to uh, them going into this season thinking, hey, we're good. We got to the conference finals. We almost got to the finals. Uh, you know, not not thinking that, you know, we can just go out there and beat Anaheim or beat Seattle or, you know, without really trying. Not really feeling it that way. But, you know, when you hit a lot of posts, when uh, a lot of passes that, that you try to make at uh, – get uh, sticked away, uh, when you take shots that are blocked or they go wide, I think it's normal to uh, kind of question your confidence. And and I think this team did probably, you know, as uh, someone said earlier, I think Carl did too, as a, a maturity factor that uh, the success they had last year, they thought would just kind of carry over. But, uh, again, the the breakdowns on defense, if Truba's not right, uh, Igor being above average rather than uh, Superman, um, hitting posts, hitting it, – it, a lot of this can really play with your psyche. And 
I agree with Carl. If some of these start going in, uh, Panarin is shooting more, so maybe he gets a couple in. He starts getting some confidence. Um, the the power play starts clicking a little more. I mean, this team's got the talent. We know this team is talented. So, you know, we can't just say, oh, you know, maybe they weren't as good as they were last year. I think they were. I think they are that good. Um, but I think the, the, there's a kind of a crisis of confidence right now with this team. And uh, like I said, they just – someone else said, too, they seem like they have the puck and they don't know what to do with it. Um, they're, they're taking some lazy penalties. Um it just seems like this team doesn't have the confidence in itself right now. And I think that's incumbent on the, the leaders of this team, the Criders, the Mikas, the Panarins, uh, even Trocek, even though he's new, he's a veteran, um, to get these guys on the right track. Uh, you know, some of it comes down to the coaching too uh, and the coaching staff. But I think, you know, Gallant is the kind of person that likes to uh, let the players kind of take over the locker room. So I think it's incumbent on uh, the leaders in this team to get this team to, to shake this off and just keep trying harder. And I think that, you know, eventually things will even out. Uh, like Carl said, they're way up there in high danger shots, but they're not going in. I believe these things even out over the course of a season. And, um, you know, I think the biggest thing, it'll be interesting to see. We'll see where, where the next three games, four games take us into next week's uh, uh, podcast. But, uh, I think this team just has to kind of regroup uh, in a way. They just have to have some kind of uh, uh, come to Jesus moment and and, and say, look, we we, we got to stop this right now. We can't let this keep happening. And I certainly think it's in that locker room to do it, but we'll, we'll have to see as the as the weeks go by. Yeah, thank you very much on that, Glenn. Um, as we wrap up, a conclusion on this episode is this inconsistent episode with uh, Glenn, Scott, Carl, RP, myself. My final thoughts, uh, it, Carl, is probably, Carl is right. You know, this is definitely period by period, half a period by half a period at this point. we got to make sure they play as much of a consistent hockey game as possible. Uh, next Tuesday, there is no game, so we'll, I like I like this 8 o'clock spot. It's perfect. It's, 7 o'clock is a little too early, but 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time is eh. It could be better, but 8 o'clock is perfect. So, uh, we'll be back here next uh, Tuesday, uh, 8 p.m., because uh, after that, they'll be on the West Coast, uh, starting with the Golden Knights on that Wednesday game, and then uh, Colorado that Friday. Shout-out to you guys. It's good talking with you. At the C-Notes on Twitter for Carl, I want to give him a shout on Twitter. Uh, uh, Glenn, uh, Glenn NYR on Twitter, RP Ranger Proud. This is Steve Zool on Twitter. And Scott uh, is it Mr. Ice Blender, right, on Twitter, right? Uh, it is Mr. Ice Guy. Mr. Ice Guy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So shout out to you or guys. Alice um, or as Alice Cooper said, no more, Mr. Ice Guy. <laughs> be on the lookout for like face off pit podcast. I enjoy Patrick and Scott's back and forth on their shows with the Habs and the and the Blue Shirts, man. Shout out to you guys. All right, man. Be back next Tuesday. Good talk with you. Sangre Su, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Reboot. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blee blue, 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 blee blue.